Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist based in Kansas City. And I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy good conversation about love, heartache, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over and probably listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. This solo show, that means it's just going to be me today, is in line with Kinktober. I decided I wanted to discuss a topic all on my own uh, because it was a pretty popular post on my Kinktober series on Instagram. I definitely can't talk about this on TikTok, Uh, but it was cock and ball torture. All right. (laughs) I know what some of you are thinking, but hear me out. All right. I know it is a bit extreme. It is actually probably one of the most dangerous forms of kink or BDSM. You do have to be careful. Safety first. (laughs) But dicks are resilient. Balls are a little bit more fragile, but they can handle a lot. Mistress Elliot talked about cock and ball torture with me on her episode about dungeon etiquette. Uh, I love what she says that she has a benevolent dictatorship. Her, her good boys do whatever the fuck she wants them to, and that includes getting their balls tortured. In fact, the first time that I met one of her subs, one of her partners, was at 12 Kinks of Christmas here at one of the local dungeons, and I didn't shake his hand. I through some weighted rubber balls hanging from the ceiling at his nuts. Uh, I paid like five bucks for three swings. I think I got two out of three. Uh, (laughs) Look, the thing about cock and ball torture is there is a lot of variety, all right? But it can pretty well cover all the aspects of BDSM. It can include bondage and domination, It certainly, for the top, includes sadism. And for the bottom, I mean, I don't think that a bottom can't be a masochist. (laughs) You know, they may, a bottom may consent to some things they're not totally into, but you've definitely got to like pain if you're going to do this. I myself understand now at the ripe old age of 40, I have been a sadist my whole life. That is absolutely me. Um, I remember as a child laughing at people's pain quite consistently. Not bone breaks or anything like that. That actually like, again, me and blood don't do well, but me and bone breaks don't do well either. I remember my friend stepping on a bee one time when we were little and just laughing at her reaction. I don't know. It was the first time I'd ever seen someone else get like really injured and I don't know what it was. I just could not stop giggling at her to the point where her parents were like, just go outside when they were trying to get the stinger out of her foot. And even as a small child, I did not understand, like, why am I laughing at my friend? Like, what is... I could not control myself. And I definitely always laughed at boys when they got hit in the nuts during practice or PE or whatever. Yeah, I I just always found it really humorous when guys took nut shots. That was the thing that would make me laugh more than anything as a kid. So, yeah. 
Yes, I have participated in cock and ball torture, but today's episode isn't just about me and my experiences, because there's definitely things I'm going to talk about that I have not done to someone. So I just want to make sure that I cover a little bit of everything so that if it's something that you're curious about, you're fascinated with, even if you never want to try it, you just want to learn more, this is the episode for you. But if you do want to try it, I mean, obviously just keep listening. As I alluded to, there is quite a bit of variety. For instance, I mean, there's tons of ways to actually do to inflict pain on the cock or the balls or both. But even outside of the the actual torture part, uh, there's things to consider such as will the sub or bottom be tied up or not tied up? Usually, it's easier to tie them up simply because they're cringing in pain. So uh, it it keeps, thing is like if they're, if they, try to go up into the fetal position and you were about to you know, whack their ball again with the riding crop uh, makes it difficult. So having them tied up, splayed open either uh, with underbed restraints or you know, you got something tied up to the bedposts or they're on a St. Andrew's cross. Tying them up makes sure that there's no other injuries. I think it's actually safer for the sub for them to be tied up, but... Uh, that is between the top and the bottom to decide. Now, some some people who participate in CBT, it, it it's more of like a game, you know. It's they're playing games with each other versus very purposeful torture. You can also torture the cock or the balls or both. There's definitely people out there that don't want their uh, their dick smashed, but you could smash their balls all day long. So, again, it's a, it's a point of clarity between the top and the bottom. Before I get into some of the actual logistics, <laughs> let's first talk about some of the why, all right? Look, when you are inflicting pain, this goes for a lot of BDSM activities, whether it's, um, you know, clamping the nipples or doing something with that. Um, When there is pain inflicted upon the body, then that area is often much more sensitive to touch after that. For instance, being, you know, spanked and then having like a light touch, people often share that that the pain is very, very short-term and temporary, but then that increased sensitivity, that enjoyment of having yourself touched uh, softly or gently in that same spot, it's pretty common. So, I mean, imagine increased sensitivity equals more pleasure, okay? Another why is because a lot of people enjoy participating in the power and control, the erotic power exchange in the dom, sub, or top, bottom dynamic. I mean, that's that's pretty straightforward. Some people like being in charge and other people want to be told what to do and they want to serve the top or serve the dom. 
There can also be really strong orgasms at the end for the bottom, the torture E, especially if their balls are being prevented from going up into them. You know, when, when penis owners come, their balls like to get nice and high and tight right up into their bodies. So if they are stretched or there is an apparatus around them that's preventing them from going up into their body during the orgasm, it produces a stronger orgasm, but the balls can't move, so. Hi, I mean, if you can make it through the pain to have that intense orgasm, yep, this, this could be for you. All right, so let's talk about uh, some of the things to have on hand or to, to, to talk about during your negotiations if you want to play out a scene like this. Again, I, I kind of mentioned it at the uh, beginning talking about variety, that restraints. Restraints are a, a whole talk. You've got to figure out Will the bottom be restrained? How will they be restrained? Like, I highly recommend, when it comes to restraints, just go get leather. Same with implements. Try to get, start off slow if you need to. Like, don't try to go out and get the entire, don't get it from Amazon. Don't fucking get it from Amazon. There are local makers or there are local stores, even if that store is carrying uh, fetish gear that is made by a larger manufacturer, you're still giving money to the local economy, okay? And you can go in, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can see the quality of it. I'm kind of ranting here because my next pitch article in November is all about finding local makers or gear suppliers. I mean, some gear, you're just gonna, it, it's gonna not be made in the USA or it's not gonna be made locally, even if you do find made in the US. But stop buying gear online because Unless you've ordered from that manufacturer before and it has been high quality. Or it's a maker who's got their stuff online. What I'm saying is there's a lot of stuff that looks nice online. You get it and it's crap. It falls apart. It's chintzy. It just ends up in the landfill or in the dark recesses of your closet. I want for you to have high quality gear that's going to last and isn't filling up the landfill. So go to a shop, try out the things, feel it, touch it. Make sure it's real leather. Make sure it's, you know, a real quality bamboo cane, whatever it is that, that you're going to get. You know, feel the blindfold. <laughs> or you can just make a homemade blindfold out of a scarf or a tie. Um, blindfolding during CBT is, is um, really, really common. Mostly because, like, the whole not knowing that it's coming. You know, it's just, they don't have the... Okay, so like, I, mean, I know this is a weird analogy, but in car accidents, people are more likely to be injured when they see the accident uh, about to happen because they brace for impact, they tighten up their body. Whereas people who didn't see it coming often have fewer injuries because their body is loose at first and just has to sort of go with the flow uh, for just that small amount of time before pain is inflicted. Okay, so you want them to be the same. You want them to be a little loosey-goosey before they're about to experience some pain. <laughs> Sorry for anyone out there that's been in a car accident. <clears throat>
Now figuring out what kind of pain the bottom or the sub enjoys can be a little bit of trial and error. Think of a, a couple different categories here. There's like thumpy, you know, heavy, like thuddy stuff, like paddles or, um, you know, heavier implements. Then there's stingy things, like a, a riding crop can be really stingy, or a little, little flogger can be stingy. Um, even just like smacking it. Um, then there's things like pokey. Uh, are you digging your nails in? Are you wearing vampire gloves? Um, some paddles have uh, little, look like thorns on them. In those cases, it's usually more of a, like a grab. It's not a, um, you're not trying to cut open anything here. Obviously, you're not trying to break the skin. So if you're doing something that can be really pokey like that, you do need to be cautious. Again, the balls are more flat fragile but the skin's really sensitive too and you know if you're trying to then get into sexy time afterwards yeah but scratches and broken skin are not fun in this area usually then there's also the sensation of being like smashed or clamped um there's also stretching and yanking you can use weights for that so those are some of the main techniques. Uh, let's talk about like how you actually implement them, okay? Right, like I said, um, there's with paddles and riding crops, there's lots of different options. You can even go to the kitchen. If you, again, if I'm, since I'm encouraging you to buy high quality gear, maybe the first thing you start off with are some nice leather cuffs and underbed restraints or you're starting off with one really nice mini leather flogger, all right? But you wanna try out some other forms of torture. Go to the kitchen. Go grab a couple different spatulas. Um, be careful of like their edges. Like there's some, some metal ones uh, can end up cutting, so plastic can be good. Um, you know, if the, if the metal, you know, like one that you might use, it's like a slotted flat metal spatula. It's got some heft to it versus a plastic one that's a little bit lighter. You know, one of those will be a little bit more thuddy. One of them will be a little bit more stingy. Uh, and it's also going to give you some really fun memories the next time you're flipping your burgers or pancakes or whatever. <laughs> of course, wash these implements after you use them. Um, something that can also be fun if you don't have some of the... There's some paddles out there that have... They're, they're metal, have long metal handles and it's it sort of looks like a hockey puck and on one side it's flat and on the other side it sort of looks like a meat tenderizer just gotta think about the further out you hold that handle the more weight's gonna come down the ball as well uh, and if it feels unwieldy or you don't have one of those grab a meat tenderizer from the kitchen mm-hmm you know imagine you've got the balls like Isolated. You either have them tied up with a silicone ring or you've got them tied up with pantyhose or some very nice nylon rope, which if you do the pantyhose or rope, I highly recommend you have safety scissors around uh, just in case, you know, it's like blood flow is looking like it's low and you can't get it untied. Safety scissors. You do need to be cautious about that with blood flow and testicles. Like if they start turning purple, that's when you need to untie them and give them a break. You can always tie them back up, um, but do not let them turn 
blue, okay? They should be like pink, red, slight shades of purple, but not, do not let them get past purple into blue. Uh, let's see, where was I? Oh yeah, so uh, paddles, crops, pantyhose, silicon rays. <laughs> clamping, let's talk about clamping. There are all sorts of devices out there that you can buy that squish the balls. You, again, can also turn to your kitchen. Uh, things like a uh, juicer that, you know, is got the handles that you open it up, and you put the lemon into it, and then you, you know, pull it together and squeeze. Juicers are great. Uh, you can use two spatulas and smash them together. Um, you can put a book underneath their testicles and you can step on their balls to, to clamp or smash them. You can put them in between the books and do that. And you can do it with the, the dick as well. Smashing and clamping is also uh, enjoyable for penises. Books or pieces of wood or even a cock box make it easy uh, to walk on them, especially if you got heels on. Some people also just want the bare ass heels on on their balls or on their dicks. You know, smashing them or stepping on them, walking on them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The whole foot thing can be a whole other kink <laughs> in addition. So, you know, and kinks can overlap. For instance, some people who are into cock and ball torture as a bottom really want the that power dynamic to involve you know, the woman either being you know bigger than them. There's this gigantress kink, um, you know, having like this you know, a giant woman, like the Amazonian woman, you know, from the like 40s or 50s horror movies, uh, that's stepping on the, the little people. It can involve foot fetish. It can involve degradation and humiliation. It can involve a, a mommy kink or the the teacher kink. All sorts of things can overlap here. Uh, what else? Oh, stretching and weights and yanking. That's that's a whole sensation too. Like I mentioned, um, for stretching and and yanking, you can you can simply use your hands. Or there are silicone rings. I think it's called Ox Balls. I think is the brand. Uh, they've got a couple of different kinds of silicone rings. Thing is, uh, I will tell you that it seems that those things are easier to get on before you get started. Like uh, gravity helps, and you you need two strong hands to pull those fuckers open. Um, so yeah, if they're standing up and either kind of either holding their balls. I don't know. You can use both. Like, both of you can do it, or you can make them just stand there and be submissive while you do it to them. But uh, again, their balls hanging down while they're standing up using gravity to help get it around there. Yeah, those things are a lot easier that way. Or just use a cock ring. Um, those are pretty, like a standard cock ring is not as uh, much silicone. It's not as thick as those ox balls. So they're a little easier to get on there. Uh, again, pantyhose. That's a lot of us have some old pantyhose because none of us wear pantyhose anymore, but we maybe still have a, a pair or so. <laughs> Or we've got um, maybe some thigh highs that got a snag in them. Save those, and you can use those to tie around their nuts. Um, some folks even enjoy having a ring on the ceiling, or they'll use like the posters of their bed or whatever to something hanging up above uh, to swing a rope over. 
and then tie off again I recommend high quality nylon rope it's super soft lots of colors available out there same sort of rope you would use for rigging um, but tie that around their balls in a, a knot that's easy to pull out but secure and then you can pull on the other end of the rope sort of like a pulley system just pull their balls up stretch those out yank on them Oh, something that's also incredibly important is you've got to have a safe word system. Now for something like this, I would highly recommend that you consider having like a three, three step system. Okay, like green, yellow, red works really, really well because green is like, I'm good to go, everything's fine. Yellow is either that area or that thing is getting to be a little too much. I'm getting close to my threshold. Maybe they're not sure how many times they can handle either that particular thing that many more times, but maybe you can switch to something else. Um, and then red, of course, red being stop, stop immediately, okay? Now, you know, as I'm thinking about, there's, there's a lot of other things that you might consider throwing in here. Um, you know, like nipple clamps, there's, there's bondage tape, there's, um, you know, you could do handcuffs. Um, you might want to put them on a leash. You might want to put a ball gag in their mouth. You might have them wear a chastity belt in between punishments. There's also things to consider when it comes to comfort, such as, uh, you know, are you going to have them splayed out on the bed on a wedge pillow system to make it a little bit more comfortable for them? Are you going to have them in a sex swing? Oh, I almost totally forgot. You can also use electricity. Uh, there are implements that you can buy. I mean, they're not they're not cheap. Uh, but yeah, ele electricity can be a lot of fun. There's like, um, remember those balls in science class? Maybe when your science teacher said, or some of you had in middle school, uh, that and you flip, flip it on and you can see the electricity expanding out to the glass and you can touch it, you know, and it'll move around all that. Imagine a little one of those, sort of just a, a little wand, a glass head on it, and you can just zip, zap them real quick. Look, I'm telling you, there's so many different things that you can use. <laughs> there's a lot of variety. What I would recommend, obviously, if this is something that you and your partner are considering trying have some conversations about it. Maybe talk to someone at the local dungeon or in the local kink groups. Find people online, get onto FetLife. Uh, you can, if you wanna know more, you can also read, uh, there's lots of articles out there. There's lots of posts on Reddit. You can listen to or watch erotica. But explore, explore, explore. And of course, I'm always here to give you more information and guidance in one-on-one -on -one or couple sessions. But I think that if this is something you want to try, you should give it a try. Like, don't be scared. Okay, maybe a healthy amount of fear and going into it with a healthy dose of apprehension, meaning, you know, especially the top. Especially the top should have a healthy dose of I want to be cautious. Like. You're probably going to enjoy it if you've got any amount of sadus in you, dear top. 
but do go into it understanding that this this is serious this is extreme they the bottom can get hurt so treat their balls and dick as something precious but as something that you want to inflict some some pain on again dicks are pretty resilient as long as they're not getting bent or um you know if it's out straight and getting smashed or scratched or squeezed all those things it's great just no no bending or contorting it dicks can break <laughs> balls again are a little bit more fragile they can't handle as much squeezing or flattening flattening out but they can handle a lot more than we think so that's all I have to just be a brief overview of cock and ball torture I hope you enjoyed this informational episode today <laughs> I really enjoyed talking about this the sadist in me has been smiling this entire episode Thanks, as always, for listening. I'm going to have a bonus episode up this weekend in honor of Halloween because I'm interviewing Sir Lucifer, who's a professional dom. I met them back in 2017 when I was in L.A. and have been fascinated with them ever since. And I'm finally having them on my episode. I've been after them for a long time, and I'm, I feel very honored uh, that we are scheduled to record this weekend, so... I'm going to try and get that up as fast as I can when I do. Because man, oh man, what a way to finish out Kinktober. (laughs) And also, my dear sweet dirty birds, don't forget that I've got a workshop coming up next Wednesday. Clitoracy 102. My sweet dirty birds listening to the the show. Y'all can use KTC 10. KTC 10 is in Keep Them Coming. 10. (laughs) To get 10% off my workshop. Thanks again for listening. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we talked about during the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my safe for work or not safe for work email list, which I call the Dirty Bird. If you want less censored content about sex and relationships and want to know what I'm up to, please subscribe to that list. Send me an email, Kristen at Open the Doors Coaching, if you have a question, want to book a session, or want more information on my upcoming workshops. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.